folks, and welcome to Christ in Every Word, a podcast of the Concordia Bible Institute housed on the beautiful campus of Concordia University, Wisconsin. This is your opportunity to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the sacred scriptures with me, Dr. Brian Gurman, Associate Professor of Theology here at the University and the Director of the Concordia Bible Institute. We're cruising right along through Genesis, Christianity in Genesis, to be precise. Where do we see the person and work of Christ and, by extension, our life in him? As we move through this book, it's very rich for the church of all times and places. This is, after all, scripture, as I keep saying, not just a bunch of ancient Near Eastern um, history that's just like the history of any other book. This is actually definitive for the person and work of the Messiah, also for those who live and move and have their being in him. And so this time we're going to take a look at chapter 13. Last time we were down in Egypt, it was kind of an exodus before the exodus. Uh, Lots of exoduses, exodi, uh, in Genesis, in the Bible um, more generally. And this one, now we are coming up out of that exodus at the beginning of chapter 13. Abram goes up from Egypt He and his wife and all that he had in Lot went with him into the Negev. Now, this is an awesome verse. Uh, I think I mentioned last time we took a look at uh, Abraham and Abram and Sarai down in Egypt. We had the whole sister-wife thing, say you are my sister so that it may go well with me and so on. And he ends up not only uh, being delivered from that situation, all of them, the promised uh, seed who is to come through the loins of Abram carries on. Everything's preserved there. But also he gets he gets a lot uh, of cash with him. He gets even more stuff. We mentioned last time anybody willing to lose yourself will be rewarded even already hundredfold in this life. Uh, the blessings of eternal life, present possession already right now. That's just how it goes with the Lord. Um you you give up the things of this creation, I'll give you a new creation, and so on. This is It's, it's just all the riches that we have in Christ. So Abe is a picture of that. He comes up, uh, he's very rich in, verse 2, very rich in livestock, silver, gold. All this is just, I mean, he loses this, and yet he gets even a hundredfold already in this life, um, depicting the fact that uh, we have even a, a, a new creation after the exodus of our pilgrimage throughout this life. I love the fact that Lot goes with him as well. Lot is an interesting guy, and this chapter is going to be about Abram separating from Lot. I love verse 1, Lot goes with him, or Lot with him. Where was Lot the whole time in that last account that we talked about in Egypt? Was he with Sarai? Was he with Abram? Where was he? Not mentioned at all, but it's just, oh, Lot goes up too. So Lot gets in on this situation, and that's what I love about Lot is that he, uh, as nephew, he's just grafted into this church. He's in the remnant. He's, uh, you might say, oh, well, that's because, you know, uh, Abe's his caretaker and so on. I think there's much more going on there. Lot hears the word and believes in the one to come through his uncle Abe, and he's he's in on it. And that includes even unto death, even down into Egypt. I'm going with you. And he's coming out. At the same time, he been, I mean, Abe was, his life was on the line and Sarai, her, you know, her life in some ways was also on the line. Um, and so where's Lot and all that? Well, Lot is in the midst of that and he comes out as well, even though he wasn't even featured in the story. I'm with you. That dying and rising 
that uh, focused on Abe and Sarai uh, benefited Lot, and so also the dying and rising of our Lord Jesus benefits us. Lot goes with him. Abe's very rich. He journeys on from the Negev. This is a Hebrew word that means south, so just kind of think south of Jerusalem. Whenever you see Negev, or Negev as it would be pronounced, as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and I to the place where he'd made an altar at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. I love this because Abe always goes back to church. He's always going back to the place of the divine service. He goes back to the sacrifices. He goes back to the blessings, the comfort, the peace, uh, the countenance lifting place where the Lord is, where the Lord has promised. There are lots of places here in the ancient Near East, but he goes to the place where the Lord has located himself for Abe's benefit. And that is the story of the Christian life. That is the story of the Christian church. There are lots of altars here and there that Abe builds. Those are the locations. That's where he returns to, no matter how bad it is, no matter how So the famine, the time down in Egypt, no matter how bad it is, go back to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Go back to the place where the Lord has placed himself for your benefit again and again. So Abe calls upon the name of the Lord. He returns to that place. Lot, who went with Abram, again, Abe is just, Lot is getting in on this. He returns to church as well. It's just, he's always the add-on. He's not, you know, with Cain and Abel and uh, uh, the sons of men and the sons of, or the sons of God and the daughters of men, you get this kind of true church, false church. Lot's not, the false church, he's an extension of the true. And we're going to see that even with the separation here. But he, he gets in on this too. Abe goes to church. Well, Lot goes with him. Um, but what if the promise isn't coming through Lot? Well, Lot goes with him. It's like the sons of Noah, Yepheth. He's just grafted in. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. I mean, this is the thing about it. He's got his own, what, his blessings, his tents. Um, he has um, he has his own locations also uh, where he can worship, so that the tent, so that the land, sorry, could not support both of them dwelling together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together, and there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Okay, so a few things here: blessings are overflowing. The livestock, silver and gold, we talked about the livestock, all the cattle and so on. Um, They have servants as well. The blessings are overflowing. This is part of life in this world, part of the Christian church also. We just have, we have to sort these things out. Sometimes a church might get too much money, you know. We might get so much that, boy, we didn't have, now we have the opposite problem. Where are we going to, some inheritance, for example. Now, what are we going to do with all this? Well, we need a new roof. And then, yeah, beyond that, well, what are we going to give to? Well, there's this missionary here, this mission thing there. And how do we sort all that out? And then you have disagreements. Uh, No little disagreement arises between them. Think of the book of Acts, you know, Paul and Barnabas and so on. A sharp disagreement rose between them. This is how it happens in the life of the church. And this is... This is not only a, a sign of the, you know, the struggles, how do we make ends meet, but also a sign of the the blessings overflow and and you know, it's like the wine after the flood. No, even the good stuff we can't handle. You know, food's a good thing, but we'll eat too much of it and we can't even we can't handle the bad times or the good. 
And so here things are overflowing, and that causes its own sort of problems. And and uh, so also in the church, when when the gifts, I mean, the pure gifts, right? Here's an inheritance or whatever. It causes some strife or it causes some, we got to sort this out. Um, many and various opportunities will arise throughout the Christian church where God's people will need to sort these things out, whether it's material goods, whether it's uh, worship times and how best to sort all this out. Um, And so there's a little strife here. On top of that, on top of that, you have the Canaanites and the Perizzites are in the land. So on top of the fact that the Lord provides for his churches and even even in ways that may cause some you know, confusion or deliberation, there's still uh, throughout it all not only the the wrestling with them, but also the attacks from without, the Perizzites, the Canaanites. um, These are the ones that, um, again, Ham, just thinking of Noah, again, the ones that represent hostility, animosity, enmity toward God and his purposes. These are always attacking the church as well. They're just, it's just constant. I mean, that's the thing about God's promises, right? He gives a promise, and yet look at all this persecution around us, and yet it is in the midst of my enemies, right? Thou preparest a table before my enemies, right in the middle of my enemies, and yet my cup overflows. And so here the overflowing is livestock. Abram says to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the, I mean, so that's one thing about this is like, look, we're not, whoever's not against you is for you. You have to kind of size this up too. Sometimes, I mean, even within denominations, right? What's the deal? Well, right now the Canaanite in the land is, uh, what would you say, secular humanism, for example, Right, and so you might be Lutheran, and yet uh, our Catholic friends are holding hands with us when it comes to the sanctity of life, so take advantage of that. He who is not against you is for you, right? Uh, Marriage, gender, and so on. Um, We are kinsmen in this. Let's recognize that, Abe says. Let there be no, no strife between you and me, between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, my servants think here, and... And so on. We are kinsmen. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, we might belong to a different confession, but we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's establish that. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, I'll go to the right. You take the right hand, I'll go to the left. So Abe is very, what, congenial? I mean, he's, you take your pick and I'll deal with the rest. This is, a, I love the security that Abe has. I don't know if that's the best word for it. The confidence, the trust. Whatever. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to, I don't know, knock down this steeple, you know, we'll, we'll build another one elsewhere. If you're going to push us around in this way, we'll, the church carries on. Not even the gates of hell are going to prevail against what Abe has. So what is this world to me, as the hymn puts it? Go that, take that, take that. We'll figure it out and we'll be fine. So, yeah, the inheritance comes or it doesn't come. Um, do what you do, cast your bread on the waters, we'll be okay. The church will be okay. Take the left, I'll go right. Take the right, I'll go left. That's how, that's how confident, that's how um, assured and certain 
God's people can be, whatever this world presents, Lot lifts up his eyes and sees that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh my. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley. Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated. Abe settled in Canaan. Lot settled among the cities in the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. The men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Do you see what has happened here? Lot sees, again, seeing the, the uh, senses are huge in, in Genesis. He sees, I mean, again, Eve stops the conversation with the serpent and begins looking. She sees that it's attractive and so on. The sons of God see that the daughters of man are attractive. You know, this kind of, when, oh boy, seeing... Uh, the sons of Noah, who sees the nakedness, who doesn't see. Lot sees something that looks like Eden, and he can't resist it. This is when we, this is like a Noah thing where you go after the vineyard after the flood. Let's just return to Eden. Let's try to have a little paradise here on this planet. Uh, and that's why he plants a vineyard. That's why Lot here lifts up his eyes. He sees that the Jordan, it's well, he can see it with his own eyes, right? Again, think uh, Shem and Yepheth walking not by sight. (laughs) We walk by faith and not by sight. Here's Lot seeing this place looks, I can see the water, it looks like Eden. So he takes the place that looks like Eden And yet, this is, oh boy, the area of Sodom and Gomorrah. Wickedness is all over the place. And we know this isn't going to go so well. And yet, Lot, this is what looks good here and now. Abe, meanwhile, settles in a land of Canaan, surrounded by the opposite appearance of what God's promises said it would be. So at that time, the Canaanites said, hey, that Lord said it was my land. Abe settles right in the midst of the opposite of what God said is coming to him. This is uh, not so much true church, false church, as much as it is when the true church is tempted to chase after the Edens of this world. It's just not going to go very well. When you get too caught up in the, you know what, this looks great according to our reason and senses. Lot chooses the the garden Eden-looking thing. Um... You know, what's going to happen there is, well, we know the story. Sodom and Gomorrah, it's going to get toasted, right? Lot's white wife, pillar of salt, looks back and all that. Um, It's not going to go that well. It can't, it's going to end, it's going to be detrimental. It's to the, to the dwelling place of God's people. It's going to, it's going to, it's not going to turn out so well. So we have to be careful and what just looks like, let's just go after the stuff that looks like Eden. The church must always be careful. The Christian church is always going to be tempted to do this. That place looks like it's watered and it looks like Eden and we're going to be safe and secure there. Are you just going after what your eyes see? Lot goes there and the Lord preserves. Now that's the thing too. The Lord still preserves Lot. In the midst of the wickedness, he preserves him. And then even after he toasts you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, um, he is super merciful to Lot to get him out of there. So there is that, I mean, there's a, something of a spectrum here. The Christian church might find itself more on the Lot side of the spectrum than the Abe side, but either way, the Lord preserves his church. 
And this is a, a kind of warning here about you know, be careful what your eyes are going after when it comes to your dwelling place. Notice Lot is, I mean, the mentioning of the cities, right? That's already another indication. Wait, these peeps are, are hunkering down. You're surrounded by a bunch of, uh, what, cultures that think this life is all there is. That's going to affect the church. That's going to that's gonna be detrimental. You have to be careful about these things and, and notice how to mark and avoid them uh, accordingly. But again, even in the midst of this, uh, the Lord preserves Lot, and so also with Abe, too, as he as he is in Canaan. I mean, in some ways, it's, it's one thing, too, of the spectrum. It's unavoidable. The church is going to be in the midst of something. Um, but it's a both and here. The Lord preserves against this, the wickedness, against the opposite appearances, and so on. We have to look out for these things. We have to be on the lookout for when we're acting like Lot and chasing after the paradises of this of this earthly life, when to be on guard for that. At the same time, on the other end of the spectrum, we have to be on guard against the the kind of despair that might settle in on the Abe side of thing when you're in the midst of, hey, look, the Lord said this, and, and it looks like the exact opposite. So hope all that made sense. Let's take a quick break. Be right back. We'll be back in just a moment to the Concordia Bible Institute podcast. In the meantime, I'd like to have you consider this question. What is most important in higher education? How do you prioritize all the knowledge to be gained at an institution of higher learning? Concordia University, Wisconsin, located on the shores of Lake Michigan in Mequon, Wisconsin, just north of Milwaukee, is an institution that is committed to excellence in learning, but at the same time realizes that excellence in itself is insufficient without development in vocation. We believe that God works through our vocations, our callings, in order to serve the needs of those around us. The mission statement of Concordia University puts it this way, Concordia University, Wisconsin is a Lutheran higher education community committed to helping students develop in mind, body, and spirit for service to Christ in the church and the world. You can learn more about the over 70 programs offered at Concordia by visiting the website, www.cuw.edu. And if you're benefiting from our Christ in Every Word podcasts, I encourage you to support this ministry by mentioning it to others and by offering your monetary support. Please consider supporting the Concordia Bible Institute by going to our website, www.concordiabible.org, and clicking on the Contribute page. And now, back to the podcast. Alrighty there, folks. We are back with our study of Genesis chapter 13, Abram and Lot separating. It's kind of a lot of attention on it, don't you think? This business of, I don't know, isn't it just a logistical matter? We got some space issues, you know, you go here, you go there. Isn't that all there is? But there's this is very rich. This is, the details are of eternal significance here, I think, as you consider what this teaches the church of all times and places. Again, we know what's going to happen with Lot, the Sodom business, after they separate. I love how this concludes also because, you know, it's uh, all this Lot goes with, Lot goes with, Lot goes with, and he gets in on these things, and that's great. And yet here at the end of the chapter, this is one moment where it's the Lord says to Abe, after Lot had separated from him. So there's still this kind of prioritization of, hey, Abe's the one through whom this promise is going to, come true somehow, the descendant, the promised seed through Eve, and so on, the, all the blessings of all the families of the earth. 
So he gets this word repeated to him, which is great because, I mean, you could just say, Abe, well, go live among the Canaanites and remember the, the word that the Lord gave you already. Hold on to it, and that's the lesson. And yet the Lord speaks again. This is part of the, you know, another altar, another altar, another altar. The Lord speaks again. Um, you go back and you hear that word again. What if it's the same word? That's fine. What if it's a, you know, a word that's preached about that word? That's fine too. Hear it again and again. Meditate day and night, day in and day out. Order your days and your deeds around it. The Lord gives him a further word. He confirms that promise. He elaborates it a little bit. It's, I don't know. The Lord remembers his own word. The Lord preaches a sermon on his own word. Lift up your eyes. Now, I love this, too, because he had walked by faith, right? Abe, Lot look, Lot was the one using his eyes earlier. He goes after Eden-esque land. And Abe settles where he was, you know, told to settle. It kind of, he looks with his ears, you might say. Now he's told, now you, before you saw dimly, now you will see clearly. The Lord says, lift up your eyes. Now you can use those eyes full strength uh, and look from the place where you are right here, right now in that promised land, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, all the land that you see, again, notice the emphasis on seeing, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth so that if anyone can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Isn't that fascinating? So now he can see clearly, look every direction, north, south, east, west. This is kind of, you know, our Lord's preaching. Many will come from north, south, east, west and recline at the table of Abraham, eat bread in the kingdom of God. This is... Now you'll see clearly, go ahead and use those eyes. Now you can walk around as if this is a a brand new, clean slate, promised land for you, new creation kind of imagery. What I have in store for you, I thought Canaanites were all over. What if they don't want them walking around, you know, romping? Don't get, hey, get off my field. Go ahead and, and, and look all directions and walk all over. Walk the length, walk the breadth. I'll give it to you. It's, I mean, all of a sudden, all of these earthly problems have kind of dissolved to the side. And it's, go ahead, you have free, look everywhere, walk everywhere, it's all yours. And it's the kind of what uh, Hebrew, the author of Hebrews writes, By faith Abe goes and lives in a land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents. We'll talk about those tents in a minute. But it's, it's like this. You know, he's also being taught that there's something much bigger here. You know, the Canaanites are in there now, but there's a there's a taste already now of a time where you're going to be walking freely, looking fully, understanding clearly. I mean, this is all this is straight out of Revelation, right? Where you have this this new creation, new Jerusalem, everything's made new, the former things have passed away. The promised land, you know what? It was as, again, Hebrews, as if he was living in a foreign land. There's a much, there was a much greater promised land the whole time than just the earthly land of Canaan. And Abe gets, a, gets an indication of that right here. He gets a little more. I mean, the, the language of dust of the earth, right? This, I love this because it's, wait, dust of the, that was the curse. 
uh, dust to dust, right? Uh, and yet it's also the making man out of dust, forming and breathing uh, into the, the nostrils, the breath of life. This is like a, even in the midst of death, even in the midst of dust to dust, um, here's a land for your offspring forever, not just for a couple centuries, for your, for your offspring forever. This is, there's much more here, Abe, than just this earthly promised land. Uh, I'm talking new creation. I'm talking eternity. I'm talking life after death. So Abe moved his tent. Again, the tent thing, right? Lot goes to where the cities are. Abe, though, the tent. Heaven, this heavenly promised land is his true uh, uh, citizenship. We are but strangers here. So Abe moves his tent and settles by the oaks. Again, this famous tree, these famous trees that are, I mean, you have the trees of life, you know, this Garden of Eden, you know, Lot gets to see the Garden of Eden land and he picks it. And yet Abe, uh, he gets trees, he gets some Eden-esque all the same, and that is focus not so much on just the, the earthly looking Eden's lot, but focus on the trees, um, that part of Eden will be exactly how we get a new Eden, the tree of life on which was hung the life-giving salvation of the whole world. So Abe, with his tent, settles by these well-known trees or tree in the promised land. And there, where that place is, he builds an altar to the Lord so that he lives and moves and has his being around the tree of life with every good food in season and out of season to strengthen and preserve and body and soul to life everlasting. Great stuff. Sounds a lot like the Christian church throughout the ages. If you ask me, this Abe and Lot encounter in Abe in uh, Genesis 13. Fun stuff. Next time, Abe rescues Lot. Also very cool. And uh, another rich witness to the person and work of Christ and uh, his person and work in his church of all times and places. The mission of the Concordia Bible Institute is to provide Christ-centered Bible instruction from distinguished experts who teach Christ in every word of the Old and New Testaments to strengthen faith and spread belief in the one true God. Again, if you benefit from this podcast series, I encourage you to consider supporting the Bible Institute by going to our website, www.concordiabible.org, and clicking on our Contribute page. Until next time, my friends, I'm Dr. Brian Gurman, wishing you all God's blessings in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.